Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for gathering us together. We thank you, Lord, for this place you've given us that we can come inside. We have options. Lord God, we praise you for your word given to us that teaches us who you are and about salvation you've given to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and thank you for your Spirit that abides in those who believe and have called upon your name. Praise you for these things all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. What does free mean? Okay, think about it. What does free mean? See an advertisement on television. Free. What does free mean? Hold that thought, okay? We are surrounded in America, in the whole world. We're just surrounded by religion, aren't we? Bombarded by the idea that we need to do something to appease God and to make ourselves somehow acceptable before his perfection. And we'd like to say that's, that's religion out there in the world and not in here, but really, come on, let's confess it. Even amongst Christians, we get this idea in our heads that somehow we need, we need to make ourselves okay to be in his presence. Now that I'm a Christian, I need to be speaking Christianese, or, or I need to wear the right clothes to come to service, or, or I need to do a certain amount of good deeds so that I'm still acceptable before God, right? I really shouldn't pray to God until I've gotten this sin straightened out in my life. Burdened by a guilt that is no longer ours. Because God's own word has told us, even last week as we looked at the book of Ephesians, that salvation from our sins is a free gift. It's a gift given to us by God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not your own. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. God trying to make it very clear that it is entirely upon him and not upon us in any way, shape, or form. Our salvation is from God and God alone. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. We all know that it says the wages of sin is death but if we finish that verse it says for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god not just gift but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord the gift of salvation the forgiveness of our sins the washing away of our sins being made perfect that we might be able to stand before god In the words of God, it is free. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to make up for it. We don't have to trade something for it. It's free. 100% absolutely 
free. But it seems that no matter how many times we read these words, free gift, we still get it in our heads that we need to do something, don't we? It's a, it's a tough concept for us to grasp and live out. We, we've become cynical, haven't we? We see that advertisement on television that says, free gift, right? And you think, what's the hitch, right? There's got to be something. One of the most difficult ideas for Christians to accept is our eternal security in Christ Jesus alone. And yet it's the difference between religion and relationship. It's the difference between law and grace. And it's a source of, of a peace that surpasses all understanding when, when all has gone wrong. We are eternally secure. And it's not in us. And it's not in the world. It's not in all the things that have fallen and fall apart. It's in God, in Christ alone. Having gone through the gospel last week, I want us to understand the value of our salvation in Jesus Christ. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want us all to understand that what Jesus has done for us is absolutely perfect as he is perfect. It is absolutely complete and sufficient in and of itself as he is complete and sufficient in and of himself. There's nothing for us to add to our salvation. There's nothing we could add to our salvation. Not only is there nothing for us to add or could add to our salvation, but, but he's also given us certain proofs of our security in our salvation through Jesus Christ. He's given us his spirit. He's given us evidence through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's given us many, many statements in his own word that tell us about the security of our salvation in Christ and in Christ alone. First, let's start with the, the knowledge that we are all born in sin, aren't we? Our flesh still retains that sinful temptation, doesn't it? We all can admit that, right? We all know the temptation. We've discussed that through the summer series. Uh, Romans, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Our, our sinfulness that we've been born into. Apart from Christ, it is the evidence of our guilt and condemnation before a holy and perfect God. Apart from Christ. Our sinfulness is the evidence of our guilt and condemnation before a holy and perfect God. But in Christ, it is merely evidence that we cannot add to what Christ has done. That sinful condition, the sinful world we live in, is just evidence that we cannot add to what Christ has already done for us. When Christ was on the cross, what did he say? He said, it is finished. He shouldered the full burden of our sin and paid the debt we owed in full, complete. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. I wanted to reach for this and show you, but 
I can't. Write it down. Look it up later. Or look it up now. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. It says, And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive. God made alive, not us. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us most of our trespasses. All, thank you very much. Having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, in Christ. It's as if there's this piece of paper that lists all the things, all the trespasses, all the things we've done wrong, all the sins, all the transgression of God's perfection, His moral law. Complete, past, present, and future. It's all there. And when Jesus went to the cross, He nailed it there. And it got covered in His blood. Paid in full completely washed away. It is finished. It's your birthday. You've all had one of those, right? What happens on your birthday? People give you gifts, presents, right? And sometimes these days they come with those cute little receipts, gift receipts, right? So you can take it back and return and everything. So what would you do You got 20 presents for your birthday. You're excited. And you gather up all those little gift receipts. And then you go to each and every store. And you say, I would like to pay for this. Would that make sense? Would you even begin to do that? Why not? Because the gift has been paid for. The gift is free. It's given to you. Why would you even begin to think of going back to the store and paying for the gift that's been given to you? You wouldn't. None of us would. It's been paid in full, and you don't have to. Book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. Let's read a little bit. Book of Philippians, chapter 3. I'll start at verse 4. This is Paul talking, and and in the book of Philippians, Paul lists all these good things and reasons for confidence that he would have in and of himself to come before God, and he he says they are all rubbish. Starting at verse 4. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted 
as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Any means possible, even if it means leaning completely and fully on Christ. And on nothing that I have done, giving all that up. I love how unafraid God is of strong language. That word for rubbish in the Greek. Paul says, all the good in me. Everything that would give me some sense of confidence to come before God. It's a load of human excrement. It's dung. It's poo. See that good deed that I just did? It's a turd when it comes to offering that before God. If I tried to offer something like that to him for my salvation, what am I going to do? Put a neat little bow on it and say, here you go? No, it doesn't make sense. Why would we try to offer that to God? We can't. We shouldn't. We can't offer our own goodness, our own good deeds, because nothing compares to what Christ has done for us on the cross in his absolute perfection. In our fallenness, we could never offer something the way that Christ did in our place. Our salvation, it is in Christ and in Christ alone. God is omniscient, isn't he? He knows all things, and he knew all of your sin, all of my sin, past, present, and future, and he still sent his son to die for us, nailing all of it to the cross, past, present, and future. God stands outside of time. He knows exactly what you're doing and exactly what you will do. He nailed it to the cross anyways. Knowing that we could not redeem ourselves, we would not redeem ourselves. We would not and could not reconcile ourselves to God. So he did it for us. Because there's nothing for us to offer him. It's completely dependent upon Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Starting at verse 3. One beautiful long sentence here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He knew you before he created that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, 
according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us. He has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to open Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Notice all those things that God has done. Having done these things, He has chosen us in Christ. He has adopted us as sons and daughters through Christ. Having given us an inheritance already. Having sealed us by His Holy Spirit. What more could we add to what God has done? What can I add to my salvation as a finite, fallen human being than what the infinite and perfect God has done for me? Romans chapter 8, verses 29 through 34, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the first born among many brothers and those whom he predestined he also called and those whom he also he called he also justified and those whom he justified he also glorified what then shall we say to these things if god is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against god's elect it is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. It is God who justifies. Not me, not my works, nothing I could do. It's entirely dependent upon Christ. By the way, did you notice when we read that Ephesians passage in Ephesians chapter 1, did you notice the phrase that Paul used over and over again back in Ephesians chapter 1, actually three times he says it, to whose praise is all of this? See, if, if we were doing things, if we were earning our own salvation, would it not be to my praise and glory because I have attained my own salvation? But Paul says... In verse 6 of chapter 1 of Ephesians, he says, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In verse 12 of chapter 1 of Ephesians, he says, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 1, it says, the Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. It will always be to the praise of his glory. Not our works, 
nothing we could add, not me. Our salvation and reconciliation to God, according to Scripture, will never point back to me. It will never point back to us. It will always be to the praise of His glory. Let's not let the world and its empty philosophies convince us that we need or could do something to earn our way into God's good grace. That becomes a salvation of works. A salvation that says you are only as secure as you are good. Which is diametrically opposed to everything God has told us in his word. Salvation is not by works so that no man should boast. We are not good. God tells us that several times in the Psalms, in the book of Romans. We are not good. No, not one. Thanks and praise be to God for what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. Why, after all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ, would our salvation suddenly become about what we can do? Or how we could somehow earn our way? So, there's nothing we can do. Nothing we can add to the salvation, the security that we have in Christ and in Christ alone. And that security is perfect as Christ is perfect. Not imperfect as we are imperfect. He's not only shown us that it's entirely dependent upon him in these ways, he's also given us signs of promise in the, of the security of our salvation. He's given us the seal of his Holy Spirit. He's given us the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he's given us the promises of his word. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, we're told of the sealing of the Holy Spirit. It says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we attain to it. Have you had your eyes open to the truth of Jesus Christ? Who he is and what he's done for you? Do you understand these things? Can you begin to comprehend what Jesus did for you at the cross? His blood shed for you? Forgiveness? His resurrection that gives you the hope of everlasting life. Are you hoping upon Jesus Christ for life eternal? It goes far beyond this tepid life on this earth. Have you accepted his sacrifice on the cross in your place? If you begin to understand these things and accept these things and love the Lord for what he has done for you, Love him for who he is. That is the work of the Spirit of God upon your heart and your mind. Take confidence in this. 
as his spirit confirms with your own that you belong to him. He has given you understanding. He has given you wisdom. He has given you knowledge that goes beyond what this world can comprehend. Because the world looks at Scripture and they read it as a piece of literature. When we read Scripture and we understand the concepts and we understand what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, that is the Spirit of God revealing that to us. Take confidence, Christian. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. Romans 8.16, it says that the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When you have the conviction of God's Spirit upon your heart and mind and you understand these things that God has revealed, you are sealed by the Spirit of God. You have a knowledge and a wisdom and an understanding that the world does not have. If you've responded to that Spirit, take heart. Walk in confidence that comes not from yourself, but is empowered by the Spirit of God. He lives in you, and you are sealed. This same guarantee of the Spirit is tied directly to the resurrection and our, our hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Romans eight eleven it says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, which we just discussed, right? Spirit abides in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God, was raised from the dead as a guarantee for us. If he was raised from the dead... And that's a rhetorical if, because he was raised from the dead. If he was raised from the dead, then so will it be for us. He did that to prove it, to show us what was in store for us as believers. Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, it says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. His resurrection being a, a sign of our security. His spirit abiding in us, a sign of of the security that we have, that seal. Both of these things, a sign of the surety and completeness of what Jesus has done for us. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, 14, it says, God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. If you're ever wondering about the security of your salvation, just remember all that past tense language that God uses when he describes our standing before him. We have already been seated with Christ Jesus. We were chosen before the foundations of the earth. He raised us up with him. It is finished. Hebrews 10.14, it says, For by a single offering he has perfected. 
those who are being sanctified. God's Word is filled with this language of security for the believer. John chapter 6, verses 37 through 40, Jesus speaking, he says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing. Not even a few, not one, not part of one, nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And Jesus always does the will of his Father. John chapter 8, verse 29. He always does what the Father desires of him. If Jesus always does what the will of the Father and the will of him who sent Jesus was that he should lose nothing but that it be raised up on the last day and the will of the Father is that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, how can, how can you be lost? How can you lose the security of that salvation when it's not held in an imperfect hand but it's held in an absolutely perfect redeeming hand of Christ. You are secure. As Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, 6, he, I, I am sure of this, he says, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Having accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let us walk in a humble confidence because our, our security and our surety is not our own but it's in him but an absolute confidence because in him our surety and our security is absolutely perfect from the hand of god himself though we continue to be sanctified in this life though we still struggle at times in these bodies of flesh in jesus christ our salvation is secure Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the immeasurable riches of your grace. Thank you, Lord, that our salvation is not dependent upon us, but you've done it beautifully, perfectly, and wonderfully. That we need not fear the future, for you are there. We need not fear the past, for you chose us before the foundations of the earth. You are God Almighty, and so we thank you and we praise your holy name. Help us to remember as we walk through our days, as we struggle, Lord, would you grace us by your Holy Spirit to remember the security of our salvation in Christ and in Christ alone. We thank you for these things in his precious name. Amen.